The biggest difference I found, I, I, I've come across Odoo not 40% of the time, like Sam was saying, but 20, 10%. But I'll tell you that, that their strategy is very interesting because they make it very easy for you to get a 30-day trial. And now that during that 30-day trial, I mean, we all have full-time jobs, right? So how much do you really focus on the software during that 30 days? Usually not very much. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Open source is not a term you will hear when it comes to ERP systems. But there are a few open source ERP systems such as Odoo. While their claim of being open source made them super popular in the development community, are they truly open source? Well, if you look under the hood, the open source pitch is really to grab developers' attention as the core component of ERP, such as accounting module, is not really open source. But developers still love it. That's probably the reason why Odoo is mainly used by the IT and development community and primarily used by e-commerce companies as they tend to be development heavy. But where does Odoo stand as of today and where do they win most? In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to discuss major stories in the ERP and digital transformation space and an objective and independent review of Odoo's capabilities. We covered several grounds, including the features available in their open source edition and whether there are any tangible advantages of it being open source. Finally, we discussed the pros and cons and different cost components that need to be considered while evaluating an open source software versus a commercial package. With that, Let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. First, we are going to start with our panelist intros. Andy, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, I'd love to, Sam. My name is Andy Pratico. I've uh, been working with ERP software and manufacturers for decades, and uh, I've worked with manufacturers all over North America. And I have a published book uh, that helps companies uh, uncover the truth about ERP systems. And today we are going to uncover the truth about Odoo. So your experience. <laughs> Andy, thank you Thanks, so much. Sam. Yeah. All right, Phil, can I move to you next for your intro? Sure thing. Hi, Sam. Hi, everybody. I'm Phil Kerper with Ringling Business Solutions. I'm coming off a couple decades in the C-suite with mid-market companies, so a lot of implementations and working with digital platforms and particularly ERP systems. And uh, it's just a pleasure to be with you today, Sam. Looking forward to the conversation. Thanks. And today, Phil, it's going to be a hard question for you whether you are going to implement Odoo for your own company. Thank you <laughs> very, so much. Very good question. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Phil. Dave, can I move to your intro now? Sure. Hey, everybody. My name is Dave Chrysler, and I own a company called the Chrysler Club, where we work with business owners and entrepreneurs to help them make the shift from working in their business to working on their business. I spent more than 20 years uh, directly working in manufacturing, responsible for operations, and uh, also had a hand in several ERP implementations throughout the years. Thanks for having me, Sam. Of course. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. It's always a pleasure to have you and have your insight. So now, after the intros, we are going to jump right in to today's stories. And the first story we have for today is going to be 
related to Acquia. And Acquia, if you are not familiar with the product information management space, this is related to a lot of e-commerce companies are going to require product information management system along with the e-commerce, along with the TLF. Okay, so this is going to be significantly beneficial for them to be able to store the product information, to be able to store the data that they need related to the products. And there are a lot of tools out there in this specific space as well, even though if you have not heard about it, you know, and there are a lot of innovation that is happening overall from the AI ML perspective. And uh, this industry is seeing the the consolidation as well, just like ERP or e-commerce. So the news really is Acquia recently announced its intent to acquire Widen. And Widen is the cloud native provider of product information management, PIM, and digital asset management. These two are going to be sort of going together. It's all about enabling the customer experience for these companies. And based on the these digital assets, obviously, they, they can do a lot of work in the e-commerce space to enable that experience. The real benefit of Acquia, Acquia is really an open source digital experience platform. And DXP is the term that is used in the customer experience space overall in defining the categories. So and that's itself is going to be a category in itself. If you are not familiar with that, designed to help developers, marketers, and IT operation teams build, host, analyze, and communicate with customers with their websites and various digital applications. Most of the manufacturers, the retailers, they are not going to have as many digital applications. They are probably going to be limited to their e-commerce capabilities. But again, this is when you get super deep digital capabilities. That's when these applications are going to be super handy. Once you explore scenarios like buy online, pick up in store, that's when you are going to be needing far more sophisticated platform digitally. So obviously not every manufacturer, retailer, e-commerce companies are there in their journey. That's pretty much it for the story. Let's move to the next story. The next story that we have is going to be related to Intuit. And if you are not familiar with Intuit, this is the parent company of QuickBooks. They have been trying to penetrate in the marketing space for some time. I think recently there was a news to integrate this with HubSpot because obviously HubSpot is very well penetrated in the CRM market, especially if you talk about B2C market, they are very well penetrated and they have a lot of apps in their portfolio that are going to be really relevant for super small companies. I Even in case of SMB, you are going to have sort of the smaller SMEs, companies that are going to require a lot more capabilities. So Intuit is really trying to focus on that consumerized business applications is how I like to define it. So here, the news is going to be related to MailChimp. As you know, MailChimp was a humongous company uh, in the marketing automation space. I don't like to call it as marketing automation, to be honest. They were really more of the email automation in my books, but they were very well penetrated. They had a lot of customers, and I'm simply blown away with the dollar amount that they put on MailChimp which is $9 billion, guys. Uh, that's huge for the email automation application. So here, Intuit is a global technology platform helping customers and communities manage their financial challenge with a suite of products, including TurboTax. Uh, as you know, that is slightly more business application for the taxes, but primarily that is in the residential space. Then you have QuickBooks, Credit Karma, and Mint. They all are very personal finance application and the consumerized business applications. And then you have the MailChimp. So here, how Intuit is actually looking at the MailChimp. MailChimp will bring global customer base and they are really going after their customer base. I don't know how many million customers they had, but they had really big one. They had every startup out there in the space probably. So MailChimp will bring global customer base and reach to Intuit alongside AI-powered automation hundreds of partner integrations obviously their partner integration was was humongous as well just because of the penetration and enhanced data analytics the acquisition will also enable small and medium-sized companies to merge their customer data from mailchimp with purchase data from quickbooks 
QuickBooks is really trying to create something like Odoo, which we are going to talk today. Because obviously, Odoo and Zoho, there's a yeah, there's a huge competition for QuickBooks. I would say Zero as well, but Zero is not following the similar strategy as Zoho as Odoo. So QuickBooks is facing a lot of competition from these companies. That's why they are trying to verticalize themselves. They are trying to deepen their capabilities overall in the CRM space, in the other apps, other than just the accounting. That's pretty much it for this story. Otherwise, we have the third story. And third story is coming from Oracle. And Oracle has been in the news for, I guess, last three sessions, every time we are covering Oracle in some shape or form. And today, also, they have very exciting announcement, guys. Okay, so they have launched an automated lead generation platform. And I am actually going to cover some of the platforms that they have acquired recently. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Loqua platform. Okay, that was the, the one of the largest Canadian companies that they had acquired for, I believe, $800 million or maybe more. So it was a really big acquisition. That's how they got the marketing automation capabilities. Other companies, for example, Info relied on Marketo. SAP has... SAP has its own marketing automation platform, I believe, as part of not the success factors umbrella, which is the e-commerce platform from SAP. Do you guys remember? SAP SAP Commerce, right? Okay. I don't remember the name. If you guys don't remember, that's, we'll, we'll probably bring that in the next session. Okay. But SAP does have the marketing automation capabilities as part of their e-commerce platform. So yeah, so this is how they got the retail capabilities, the marketing automation capabilities. They are really in the ad spend space as well. Oracle has very deep uh, presence there. Uh, and now they are really going deep in the financial services space, in the retail space. So Oracle offers various cloud marketing products, including including Bronto, Aloqua, Responses. And Responses, as far as my understanding goes, I think that was the competitor for MailChimp. They acquired long back. That's how they got these capabilities. With each option bringing different strength and customization opportunities, for example, Aloqua is best suited for B2B companies looking for marketing automation platform that can help create closed loop marketing sales activities and manage customer channel campaigns capable of nurturing. The most important point I would like you guys to draw here is going to be the second paragraph that we have in the news. And that is going to be companies can streamline the creation and deployment of their marketing campaigns by automating the lead generation. That is the keyword. Automating the lead generation part. Obviously, there are so many different ways of doing the automation. But here, I think this is going to be the, the HubSpot 2.0, in my opinion. Obviously, HubSpot can do a lot of it for the SMB, but your enterprise are going to have slightly more complicated needs. And that's where Oracle is really trying to create the presence there. Now, one of the uh, keywords that you might want to draw here is the, obviously the solution is very AI powered because the kind of data, the kind of channels enterprise companies are going to have is going to be fairly high, okay? Uh, and here, when we talk about the tracking the engagement across channels, so these are going to be your online ads, the microsites, emails. This is a big problem even for agencies that do this for a living, to be honest to integrate all the insights, especially when you talk about these microsites. And that's probably going to be the trend as we move along because your existing domain authority is not going to be good enough. You are going to have spam blockers. So you are going to be looking for slightly more personalized experience for each of the buyer personas. And that's why microsites are going to be super handy. But then you need to be able to track those microsites as well as you are going to create them. So that's a booming space overall. And I think for enterprise, this is going to be super handy tool to be able to utilize. I think a PIM system, especially a B2B company that's standing up an e-commerce platform, the audience might want to not miss that. Because once that in that detailed customer information pictures, the other things that you're maintaining, especially yeah. if you've got a lot of SKUs, it gets unwieldy and you really need to consider that PIM system. It's interesting that that's what, was added. They they got more acquisitions to come. We're definitely going to see them in the news to fill it out. And Mailchimp, I used them back uh, several years ago. They were kind of the first ones into that automated email system where that was very accessible. I'm surprised at the price there too, Sam, because there's a lot of competition in that space yeah. and a lot of 
the um, HubSpot and others are putting that functionality as part of a larger package. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that acquisition. Now that they've obviously paid that much more money, maybe they can re-energize them. My perception is they were kind of losing share in that space because there was so much competition these days. Phil, I, I would add to that that uh, to that last point about them, you know, potentially losing some market share because from a automation standpoint, I felt the technology was lacking because they were first out. But as others were catching up, they were surpassing the technology that they were putting in the automation and the UI that, again, it is surprising to see what they paid for. But, you know, there's probably a lot of IP that went along with that. Yeah, And for that reason, I ended up moving off that platform because there were just better options available. Yeah, 100 percent. I've seen uh, similar things from other companies that we've worked with as well. Yeah, guys, very interesting commentary there. And obviously, I agree with all of what you guys said so far. By the way, one of the guests from the audience helped us with the SAP product. It's called Hybris. That was the e-commerce product that that uh, SAP has. And I think the marketing automation is going to be part of the Hybris uh, portfolio. Thank you so much, Ashish, for that. Now, this is going to be my favorite story of the day. And the reason why this is my favorite story is because this is slightly non-traditional that I am personally noticing in the enterprise software industry. And some of the recent acquisitions that you may have seen, especially of the technology players, really the big ones. For example, in Force acquisition by Coke Industries, Plax acquisition by Rockwell Automation. And now here we are looking at Blue Yonder. Okay. And that got acquired by Panasonic. This is crazy, guys. We have always sort of felt that IT did not have its own industry, but now IT is sort of all over the place. I don't know who is actually going to move the market and how the market is going to move, but obviously it's a huge threat for any of the, let's say, customers that are going to be competing with Coke. Obviously, they are not going to go with Infor. There's no, they are probably going to move away because there's going to be a political pressure. This is all, this is something we saw in case of Amazon. Amazon controls AWS. So all of the companies that are going to be competing with Amazon, they are probably going to go uh, either with Microsoft or with Oracle Cloud. Uh, because, you know, again, the, Amazon uh, itself is a huge threat. Now, this is going to be a huge play. Panasonic, electronics company, guys. Okay. And they have acquired a company called Blue Yonder. And guys, uh, if you are not familiar with the company called Blue Yonder, it has had a crazy journey. Okay, so I'm pretty sure you guys remember the JDA software. Okay, that was one of the largest platforms in the supply chain space. What happened is JDA had acquired a company called Blue Yonder, and it was a very small company. Okay, the only reason why they had acquired is because they had the technical capabilities in the AI and ML space, and they ended up changing their name roughly in 2020. Think about this, guys. Okay, you are acquiring a new kid from around the block. And you have been in the market for the last 40 years, and you end up renaming yourself as that new shiny kid. That was a crazy story in my mind. I've never seen that before. But they ended up actually doing that just because Blue Yonder was far more attractive brand. And in my opinion, I think that was a fairly smart decision. We don't see that very commonly. But then, now Panasonic has acquired this. So I don't know how the market is going to move, but one of the largest supply chain player is gone and consumed by Panasonic. So I don't know. How obviously, Panasonic is going to utilize this technology for their own strategic advantage as they are going to promote these edge applications. But how the market is going to react to now, this platform is going to be a question. So here, Panasonic Corporation announced today that it has completed the acquisition of Blue Yonder, the leading end-to-end -end digital fulfillment provider. Panasonic has now purchased the remaining 80% of share. So obviously, they had roughly, what, 20% of the stake in that, but now they have acquired everything. Just the way Coke did for Infor. I don't know if this was a similar story for Rockwell with Flax as well, but this is a fairly similar scenario. Now, the acquisition accelerates Panasonic's and Blue Yonder's shared vision for the autonomous supply chain by unifying Panasonic sensor technology. Guys, these sensor players are actually moving in in your, in your supply chain space. The way Rockwell Automation did, because they actually wanted to control the software market as well as obviously they want to sell all of their sensors, but they cannot sell unless they have the, the control system behind that. So, so that's pretty much the play that I'm noticing. So guys, if you are not familiar with the Odoo platform, this is again, one of the shiniest kid around the block. A lot of you may not have heard of this company. 
But let's say if you are involved in any sort of ERP market or ERP deals, you will come across them very often. In the last three to four years, I have seen them roughly 40% of the deals that we have worked on, and they were always the one of the, the potential player. Sometimes, I mean, you are not even going to have other bigger players such as Microsoft and SAP, but you are probably going to have Odoo. So that's a, that's a humongous win overall for Odoo in terms of their name recognition. But if you look at the company, how they grew and where they are coming from, by the way, they are Belgium-based company. They are still very much present in Belgium. They have decent North American presence, but the majority of the development, the operations are still very much done from Belgium. One of the things that you are going to notice in their training and their documentation, it's going to have a lot of Belgium flavor because the company is from Belgium. Okay, so you are going to notice all of that. One of the things that they did differently that I have personally not seen in the ERP market is going to be the pitch for open source. Obviously, as we all know, developers love open source. Obviously, developer is one of the communities, and I am going to actually call them out to some extent because they are one of the highest paid professionals. So obviously, they care for world a lot more than any warehouse worker or the shop floor worker who's barely trying to manage the ends. So obviously, the developers are going to be one of the communities that is going to be super passionate about the open source because they believe that you know people should not be making money or they believe that the commercial effort should not happen because of the creativity of these developers. That's the whole concept of open source. Now, if you look at the marketing perspective, marketing perspective, the only reason why companies are trying to do or promote open source is because it's the marketing play, guys. They want you to try the product just because the way you would try in your physical world before you can you can implement that. But the whole idea of open source is the source is going to be open as opposed to the closed. So the way the software development process works for any of the product development, you are going to write the code. And code is just like a mathematical formula that you are going to write to accomplish a task. Okay. After that, what you are going to do is you need to make that in the machine readable format. So you need to convert that into ones and zeros. And that's where the problem is, okay? So the majority of the commercial software are going to be in the form of ones and zeros. So those are going to be slightly more executable as opposed to having control to the real source. If they give you the real source, they don't necessarily have their IP. They they don't necessarily have their product. And that's why companies like any of the enterprise software companies, whether you talk about Salesforce, SAP, Oracle, big names, or the smaller names, they all are trying to commercialize their offering, and it's only in their best interest to commercialize something that is not going to be open source because it's a paid offering. But guys, in case of software, there are going to be three components that are going to be super important, and they all require equal amount of investment. Just because you can create a mathematical formula, that does not uh, you know, mean that you can create an enterprise software. To create an enterprise software that anybody in your company can adopt, understand, read, and use, you need three pillars. Number one is going to be obviously the formula because that's the secret sauce, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Number two is going to be the marketing part of it, which is going to be the documentation, which is what is going to be extremely poor when you are trying to utilize the code from these smaller companies because they bypass the whole marketing aspect. The only thing they are trying to do is they are trying to create the formula. And what happens after that formula is created is that becomes a technical debt because nobody in the world can understand because one smart guy in the corner had created that program that other developers cannot understand, cannot follow, cannot debug. And that becomes a nightmare for companies to be able to manage. Now, that's a huge risk for companies if you look from the financial perspective. So those are two pillars. Number one, your formula. Number two is going to be the documentation. If you look at any of the commercial products, for example, Infor, SAP, they are going to have one of the best documentation that anybody can follow because they actually follow the product development process the way you follow your manufacturing process on the shop floor. Software development is supposed to follow the same process. If you bypass any of these steps, you guys know what happens on the shop floor, what happens to the people who are trying to utilize those products. The scenario is seen here in the software world as well. Now, the third component that is going to be super relevant is going to be your 
hosting and the infrastructure. Guys, nobody ships the boxes for free. There is a real hardware there. There is a real labor there in creating those data centers, okay? It's almost like buying electricity. Nobody can supply you electricity for free. So even though they can supply the open source for free, nobody in this world can supply the, the infrastructure for free. Everybody has to pay. So again, when you say open source, the only thing you are looking at is that 33% of the cost. And that is not even 33, to be honest, because you are looking at just the open source, just the source piece. Okay. So one of the things that Odoo, uh, you know, open source page, the open source is only applicable to the business apps. It's not for the accounting. Okay. They will get into legal trouble, in my opinion, if they actually made the accounting open source. I don't know why they don't do that. Maybe because of commercial reasons or maybe because of legal reasons. But guys, accounting is not you know open source and we are going to look at you know what is open source what is not but you know open source is just the marketing hype the only thing odoo is doing is they have created a premium model so that developers can try they can get into the developer's mind so that they don't have to deal with a cfo okay so that's the pitch odoo has and they have been really successful in penetrating in the development community now if you look at some of the their community they have like what seven million users guys the reason why they have 7 million users is because they are going after one of the most popular programming language called Python. Python was never as popular as the other programming language. They became more popular in the recent times. The reason is that because Python was simpler than some of the other programming language. For example, if you try to utilize Java, oh my goodness, you are going to look at a lot of boilerplate. Python is easy. Anybody can learn. Any of the IT people can learn. Uh, even if they that they don't have the software development background, okay. So that's why the Python became really big. Python became really big also in the data science community, okay. Any of the data science community that you are gonna go, they are going to be using a lot of Python. So obviously they wanted to go after one of the largest community uh, that is there in terms of the programming language, and they really targeted the open source market for the ERP. But here, if you look at their offering, obviously. They're really good at marketing. If you look at their product offering, look at their site, it's going to look sweet, guys. It's almost going to look like iPhone, to be honest. Okay, so obviously that attracts a lot of designers, a lot of developers. But again, in my mind, when I look at the ERP, for me personally, what is really going to be important is whether it can run your business or not. And we are going to look into all of that. Uh, you know, aesthetics is great. The user experience is great. great. The beauty is great. But we are going to look into all of that, whether you know this is really going to work for some of the larger businesses. Now, if you look at their um, you know, overall marketing position, because we don't really have the financial details, it's not a public company, as we all know. It's a very small company in general. Their North American presence is going to be super small. They are still very reliant on Belgium. If you compare the overall, the number of employees they are going to have, if you do the one-to-one the -one comparison with some of the other companies, it's probably going to be really small because they are still uh, relying on their offshore to be able to run their operations. Nothing is that I think every company utilizes offshore, but these guys are going to have a lot more offshore presence because they have to reduce the cost. There's nothing free in this world. Um, they are trying to reduce their cost by being present in, in, in Belgium. Now, if you look at their apps, it's going to appear as if you are utilizing QuickBooks, okay? It's going to appear as if you are utilizing apps from your iPhone. It's designed to be super easy for the people who are going to be using the ERP for the first time. But these are individual apps, okay? The way they're, uh, if you look at their architecture, one of the first things that you need to do is you need to create the database. But now I'm not too sure if, these all apps are going to have the independent databases. We have seen some of the problems in the comments, but one of the first thing that you need to do is create the database. Now, if you ask any CFO or the business system person that you need to create a database, they are going to be slightly confused because the first thing in the ERP community, what you do is you create a company. <laughs> okay, you don't worry about the technical details because that's all taken care by the product. So this is going to be a very technical product the way we saw in case of Microsoft. Overall, the feel of this is going to be uh, technical because they are targeting the developers as opposed to the supply chain people, as opposed to the CFOs. Now, you are going to find every single functional app that you probably need under the sun. 
if you simply did the, the checklist approach to compare Odoo with SAP, I can almost guarantee that Odoo is going to win. But that is not to say that they are going to be equally deep in functionality. They are really good at creating the data sheet and the feature sheet. Okay, so they are trying to check all the boxes that buyers are going to have when they are going in the ERP journey, because the way most people make decisions for ERP, hey, I am looking for multi-company capabilities. I'm looking for warehouse automation capabilities. I'm looking for barcoding. I am looking for lot control. I am looking for, but guys, that approach does not tell you whether SAP is the right product for you or Odoo is the right product for you. Most likely in that case, Odoo is going to win, but that's not the right decision for you guys by any means, okay? So here, uh, obviously, you are going to have all of those apps. Now, if you actually look at their interface, I mean, the interface is going to be one of the best in the industry, okay? If you look at companies like NetSuite, Acumatica, obviously, they have very clean interface as well. But I can almost guarantee that Odoo is probably going to beat them out overall in terms of the experience, overall in terms of the elegance of the product, okay? It's just a fancy luxury car that is designed to help the smaller companies, it's a very, very pretty car, okay? That does not mean that it's going to be a very functional car for everybody. So it's the product is going to look super pretty, and that's what blows developers' mind that I have seen my ugly SAP, I have seen my ugly Infor, Epicor, and all of a sudden I have the pretty lady. Who are you going to marry, guys? I can almost guarantee that you'll be marrying pretty lady. <laughs> So Odoo is my pretty lady here. But if you look at the functionality, as you can see, this is the customer screen and the functionality is super lean. And this has been my always problem. If you want to customize anything, you need to ask your developer to be able to customize. So you have just four tabs and those four tabs, you hardly have two fields. Now, if you actually do the one-to-one -one mapping of the data fields that each of the products are going to have, this product is going to be comparable to QuickBooks. This is not even going to be comparable to your Acumatica's NetSuite of the world, which are supposed to be slightly more smaller ERPs. Now, let's look at the, the community page, the open source page, guys. This is what I find. This blows my mind. Okay, this is a great marketing company. You know, they're really, really, really good at marketing. Okay, so obviously, if you look at the, the community edition, you are not going to get any functional support, guys. In case of ERP, what you really need is the functional support. That is the most critical. ERP is a machine that can produce a lot of different products depending upon your business model. So functional knowledge is the most critical for an ERP. Whether you know the inner workings of the, the, the machine or not, that's irrelevant. That's great if you know, you know, obviously you are going to have slightly more superior knowledge. But what is most important for an ERP is going to be that functional knowledge. If you require functional support, you have to hire a professional. That is not provided as part of your open source pitch. And this could be really expensive. Okay. Now, as part of your enterprise, obviously, that is uh, that is available. Version upgrades is not available as part of community. And by the way, we have seen issues. If you can read this in reviews, that uh, if you upgrade from one version to the next, it's going to be a chaos. It's a nightmare. It's, it's not easy at all. This transition is typically easy with the other ERP systems. But in case of Odoo, it's, it's, it's the development process in itself. So obviously, if you have your internal IT, you have 10 developers sitting who are making $100,000 a year, good for you. Because then your spend is going to be a million dollars per year. You can, you can live with Odoo. But are you going to get the enough value from those uh, developers is going to be a question. Sam, is uh, Community their freemium version? Community is the open source. In my mind, that is the it's, premium. They okay. like it. Well. Yeah. yeah, Community is free. Yeah. Gotcha. That's why right, they're they're charging for enterprise, and the community is is basically free, correct? Yes, right. exactly. And by the way, guys, if you notice, I mean, hosting. Nobody in this world can provide hosting for free, as you all know. So now, initially, when I said, you know, thirty three percent. Now remember those three pillars. So obviously, hosting is not going to be free. Okay. So that thirty three percent or twenty percent, whatever you are talking about, is not included as part of your community edition. Okay. So open source pitch is obviously very fancy. But do you have enough value for that is going to be questionable. Now, if you look at some of the other things, desktop is free. Guys, mobile is not free. Now, <laughs> I don't get this. 
I really don't get this. When you are doing the community service, guys, you know, figure out your community service because mobile needs to be free, guys. <laughs> I don't see a reason why mobile is not free. So obviously that this is a marketing play, guys. We all know this. Okay. Uh, that, okay, if you are slightly bigger business and require mobile capabilities, that's where those are the companies that are going to have money. So when you are starting on, let's say, your ERP journey, then you, uh, let's say you are a one-man shop, uh, they are going to give it to you for free because they are trying to get put in the door. Once they are inside that, then obviously they are going to make tons and tons of money. That's the mindset for the open source pitch. Accounting, as you know, accounting is not included as part of community edition. Now, if you are truly open source, guys, I would expect my accounting to be included. What is wrong with accounting, guys, when you can include everything else? So I don't get this, guys. <laughs> Why accounting is not included? I don't appreciate overselling by any company in the enterprise software space when they are they have clearly, very clearly pointed out that open source with accounting on their front page, guys. Can you believe this? And that, in my mind, is unethical. Because here, accounting is very clearly not included as part of open source, as we can clearly see. AI is not included. I don't care for AI. I don't know how that is going to impact the product experience, but that is any of the advanced functionality is not going to be included. But the whole mindset that the company is operating is what I want you guys to understand. It's the coin operator model, guys. Okay, it's the vending machine model. Okay, <laughs> that we have seen and we all know how vending machine model works. So here they have created pay-as-you-go model with some things for free so that they can get put in the door. Sam, the other comment uh, I would have kind of digging through your slides as well as some of their website uh, information specifically, they make it very easy to go from that community version into a, a paid, uh, a, excuse me, a free short-term trial uh, to kind of continue uh, to make it very attractive to get into uh, to get into this. <laughs> and, you know, as we all know, once you're in, <laughs> you're in. <laughs> the hardest problem in the ERP space is to get foot in the door, guys. I mean, that is the problem that everybody has in the industry. So Odo is genius in figuring that out. I, I really appreciate them for that. But now let's look at some of the inner workings. So I always like to go for support and training because that's where rubber meets the road. So if you actually look at their business flows for the training module, you will notice some of the companies that they have as the case study to be able to teach their customers or whatever. So the only thing that they have done so far is going to be furniture store, consulting services, administrative department, construction project, restaurant, events, and marketing. Now, this speaks for volume, guys. This is where they are winning. Even though they are going to claim that they are winning against SAP on their front page, that's not their play, guys. This is a competition for QuickBooks. It's really for richer QuickBooks in my mind. I would not call this as ERP because ERP is supposed to be a very customizable machine that can accommodate a lot of different business models, a lot of different supply chains, a lot of different products. But obviously, this is, is a collection of apps. A collection of apps is not supposed to be an ERP. ERP is very different, guys. But I will let them call ERP because it does everything that anybody is going to need from the ERP perspective, especially these smaller businesses. Now, let's look at some of the functionalities. And these are the things that you are probably not going to find in some of the larger ERP systems. For example, the renting functionality, that is not available in a lot of larger ERP systems, just because these smaller businesses are probably going to need everything, okay? Because the smaller businesses are far more complex than your larger business. But the product is not really designed for large business, even though functionally they can support them. Okay, it'll be a mistake if, let's say, a decent-sized smaller organization tried to utilize Odoo, in my mind. So, functionally, they are... And, and what do you call a decent-sized company? What 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 range are you thinking about? Nah, I would say this would go more in the QuickBooks category. So, anywhere from 10-ish million dollar uh, is how I... That's going to be their, uh, their limit overall in, in the company side. They should not be going anything more than 10 to 20 million dollars. And maybe in a similar around that answer is the complexity of the business model. Uh, yeah. How complex is their SKUs, their business processes, and other things like that? How many employees? So that ten million dollars is a pretty is a relatively QuickBooks type simple business, yeah. or maybe a little more complicated. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at the businesses that are using QuickBooks, obviously they have a lot of problems because they cannot go for things like SAP and for Epicor because obviously they are slightly harder. They require a little bit more consulting expertise. 
So for these businesses, this is the ideal play, guys. There's a real value in going for Odoo when you are going to be, as a manufacturing organization, your choice is going to be, let's say, if you use, I don't know, maybe Business Central, for example, or if you go for things like your Zoho, this is probably going to be better. But the competitor for Odoo is going to be Zoho. That's the right competitor or the QuickBooks. Because now QuickBooks actually trying to develop all of these capabilities as well. So QuickBooks, Zoho, Zero, and Odoo, I would put them in the, in the same bucket. And obviously, Odoo is going to be winner for the manufacturing companies, to be honest. Because obviously, they have far richer functionality compared to your QuickBooks of, of the world and, uh, and Zoho of the world. Zoho is doing pretty good as well. Zoho is definitely going to be their, their competitor. So this is how their apps look like. If you actually look at their front page, they are going to have every single functionality under the sun that you can expect for a manufacturing company, for a distribution company, any sort of business model that you have, they can probably support it. Okay, guys, so let's look at some of the invoice feature. And again, guys, if you look at the quality of the, the product, I'm blown away, to be honest. It's really pretty. It's really elegant. It's very well organized, which is what I appreciate in a product, to be honest. But if you look at the number of fields at <laughs> the line level, <laughs> there are like three fields. Okay, a decent size ERP system is probably going to have 30, 40. So large size is going to have 300, right? So that is the, the amount of complexity that we are talking about. A decent size business is probably going to require a lot more than what Odoo can sell. However, Sam, I think their pitch is, even though it's fairly light, because of the Python technology, you can create whatever you want. It's, it's more of a tool set. We are going to get into that. Okay. <laughs> We are definitely going to get into that. So here we are talking about the manufacturing order. Manufacturing order is fairly lean as well. Again, you are a very small juice shop. Obviously, this is going to be great. Or if you are a restaurant or let's say if you are a widget manufacturer under $5 million, this is going to be a paradise for you in my mind because you are not going to get this kind, these kind of capabilities anywhere else. But again, if you are a very complex business, $50 million business, I don't think this is the right product. Now, look at some of the things are, are super cool when you look at the QuickBooks experience, to be honest. And this is something I have seen in case of Odoo. They make it super easy, okay? They are really good developers. Odoo team, I have a lot of appreciation for them in terms of the quality of development, even though it has been done at offshore, okay? This is a real, real, real development, okay, that you would see probably in case of SAP or Acumatica. Those are the companies that are known for their development capability to be honest, okay? So here, if you look at the experience, how easy it is to customize these invoices, you are going to have that drag and drop experience. And I don't think a lot of companies that claim that they are really easy to use, they can match this experience when you are talking about customizing your invoices, etc. It's a very unique play for Odoo. I, I absolutely love this. Yeah, and even the bigger packages, forms can be a real pain and a real investment to, to get those forms right. And that, like you say, Sam, that's impressive that they have that in this size, in this complexity of a package. But guys, one of the things you need to know is either you can have a restaurant, very complex restaurant, where you can order multiple things, you can order drinks, you can combine your meal, or you can have sort of the pickup restaurant, okay, where you are going to have six options, okay, you get this. So, so this is where the Odoo problem is. Odoo's position is that I am open source, I am targeting development community, I should be most customizable. But if you want to make any sort of enhancements beyond what is already provided as part of product, you need to talk to your development and they don't understand business. They don't understand functionality. And this is the major challenge overall for Odoo. So even though Odoo's claim is that I am almost, I am super customizable, they are probably not customizable because, because you are actually going to a pickup restaurant where you are going to get six options. If you can manage in that, great. If not, okay, now hire a developer who's going to charge you $100,000 per year. And that's how expensive developers get, by the way, because they are highest paid. <laughs> now, when you look at the, the manufacturing bomb structure is great. Again, three fields, which is very lean for a decent sized manufacturing organization, but it does the job for a very small manufacturing shop, to be honest. Now, let's look at some of the reviews. And this is going to be aligned with what you were mentioning, Andy. And again, we have sort of monitored the trend in terms of reviews. We don't like to pick just one off scenario from the reviews. We like to review the consistent trend based on how the voice is. So this is sort of the consistent trend. Again, this reviewer could be slightly more unqualified, but pay attention to the size of the business. So a size of the business is 11 to 50 employees, guys. And this is the manufacturing company. 
that they try to implement, right? A lot of reviews that you are going to see in the Odoo community are going to be from offshore. Um, you know, they are, they have super high international presence in the countries where companies like to hire a developer for $20. And by the way, in case of Odoo, one of the surprising things that you are going to find, you can find a Odoo developer for $20 an hour. Can you believe that? At Optional. Okay, you can hire a freelancer on Upwork. Now, whether that freelancer is going to be able to deliver the manufacturing functionality that you need to run your business is going to be questionable. They are going to be super technical. But whether you are going to get any business out of it or the value out of it is going to be questionable. But you can definitely get that. And that's what makes Odoo super attractive. IT people that, you know, you are getting a Python developer for $20 an hour, okay, in case of Odoo community, just because they are at offshore. Okay, so one of the first comment, okay, ideally, if you have such a sexy product, such a pretty product, you know, the implementation should be a piece of cake, but that's not what user is saying. User is saying the biggest challenge is the implementation because the implementation is functional, guys. It's not the technical. That's where the challenge is, <laughs> okay? Meeting the business goals from your ERP is always the most challenging part of an ERP. It's not the technology. Anybody can write code. A kid from the college can write the code, but implementing that for the business needs is always the most challenging part in case of ERP. So this may be something you would need to prepare yourself for if deciding on choosing Odoo, unless, of course, you are happy to pay for the support package. By the way, as soon as you are going to ask for the, the support from Odoo team, they are, they are known to do nickel and dime, guys, literally. Like, <laughs> I'm not even making this up. This is actually very clearly highlighted. And they are actually going to charge even for the emails. Can you believe this? Okay, obviously, you know, everybody is there to make money in the market. Nobody is there to do the community work. Everybody has to eat. Everybody has to feed their family. So they need to make money somehow. And that's why they have to do nickel and dime because obviously they are compromising with their premium model. Now, Odoo, unless, of course, you are happy to pay for the support packages offered by Odoo, which we found very costly. Other than this, the system itself. And by the way, if the company that is going to be 11 to 50 employees, that is a decent sized company, to be honest, okay? So the comparable here is probably going to be Acumatic and NetSuite. And if they are saying that the support package is, is costly, then probably it is costly. <laughs> so other than this, the system itself is an excellent piece of kit. It helped our business traverse the gap between a startup business to SME. Guys, there is a play, okay? He has very clearly pointed out a startup to an SME. There is a play there. So Odoo has a play, okay? Because in that space, I don't think there are very many systems that can do what Odoo can do as of today. But that is yeah. not to say that. Yeah, I was going to just going to say, you know, he comments that he found the support packages to be very costly. And yes, looking at how many employees does impact that. But it's also in re relation to whatever this person's used previously and experienced previously. Most likely the comparable is going to be QuickBooks. Maybe he has highlighted the competitors here. The cons here, the initial implementation was painful to say the least. We started using Odoo in 2015. There was a very little support. Obviously, there's not going to be any support. So you are on your own when you have the source. And reading ERP code is not easy, guys. It's not your PHP. Trust me. <laughs> it's not your website. It's ERP. Those accounting business rules are, are very, very, very hard to understand. That's why nobody likes accounting class in your business school. <laughs> All right, guys, so this was a big issue as we never had an easy way to contact someone for help with little configurations and therefore uh, had to do most of the implementations ourselves. It took over a year to get the system working properly. Year, guys. Does it say where this company is located? I don't see that anywhere. No, it doesn't say that. But he's using uh, the term kit, so that implies maybe UK, Europe, right? That right, term, if he right. says it's nice kit. <laughs> That's actually well, a good catch. Isn't Kit a, a soccer outfit? Yeah, it's in in the UK. It's used as the package of technology. Phil, that was you know, a, that was a joke. Oh, Andy, I'm sorry. I'm still, I'm still in my, I'm still in my accounting mode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say I, I I've been told that the support available in Europe is pretty good. So this might be an American company. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I mean, we don't really have that clue. So guys, if you have any other comments, we can take that. Otherwise, I'm actually going to move to the next comment. We just have one or two more, and then we can get into the discussion. So here, one thing that you are going to find consistent is 
obviously it is cumbersome to customize, especially when facing code, it becomes highly dependent on IT teams. And this is something I have seen personally, that it's really driven by the IT and then business actually lose the confidence in the ERP and they are simply going to move out. They are going to uh, get their own systems because IT is not really providing enough value and that becomes the siloed uh, you know, organization. One thing that you don't want when you are getting an ERP. CRM to work with, even at free trial, deeper customization often requires coding skills, meaning a high necessity to work with an experienced Odoo partner. This is where the free of charge open source promise becomes tricky, okay? Here, they have mentioned some of these systems. For example, if you will count with CRM accounting operations and marketing basic modules that will get the job done. However, if you're looking a seamless experience, you may want to evaluate mainstream systems mainstream tools like HubSpot, Zoho, or SAP. And they are comparing HubSpot, which is not even an ERP. In fact, Zoho is not e even an ERP. In my mind, it's the collection of apps, just like Odoo. So some more to go, guys. Deploying Odoo is much more complex and time-consuming than most people recognize at the outset. By the way, this is slightly bigger company. This is for human resources, even for HR, guys. HR is not accounting. Even for HR, because the customization was tricky, okay? So if you try to set this up on your own or even go with freelancers, expect to fail. And these are very harsh comments, obviously. If you try to deploy it on a dedicated server, the extensive customizations, expect to pay out the nose and get burned. There is really no reason to use Odoo's accounting package separately from other Odoo applications. It's an ERP solution, not a standalone accounting package. They have called out their concern about the separate accounting package as well. If you want to actually do the Odoo implementation, biggest drawback is that you need an experienced project manager, which is probably going to be more expensive than your developer, an Odoo developer, and six months of work to implement the solution. That makes the Odoo implementation far more expensive than your SAP. So even if you have that 33% of your open source, your implementation is going to be far more expensive. And I would doubt if your business is going to use something that IT is going to create. They never like it. Trust me. <laughs> uh, just a quick comment to start us off on the all three of those customer feedbacks. One of them was a very small company, one a little bigger and one even larger. And my takeaway on all three of them that was there was a really disconnect between expectations and results. Some of the things that they talked about, I would have thought were going to be the truth. It was going to be taking more to implement. It was going to be taking more development time, good project management. And as the companies got larger, the complexity of their business was reflected in their comment on how bad of an implementation, how difficult it was. I mean, this this is open software. You you would expect I would have expected those types of outcomes. I wonder if it's just being a little bit oversold or missold, Sam, as far as what to expect if you're going to use this. Phil, I think that's a good point. You know, what kind of struck me about this, and Sam, you touched on it earlier too, in terms of kind of how approachable from a, a user standpoint, not just being in the software, but the sales experience. And so one of the thoughts that kind of came to mind is some of the larger companies that have a much more traditional approach when it comes to sales and demos and things like that, as compared to somebody like Odoo, who is, I feel like taking a different sales approach. But what's interesting about that, right, is, is just what, Phil, you mentioned in terms of the actual implementation, now what we're seeing with customer feedback. And so it will be interesting over the course of time if they come back and start to address some of those pain points within their sales process and in their marketing literature and in the presentation so that there is a more widely accepted understanding of what to expect during that implementation. I just, I think it's a really interesting comparison between some of the larger companies that we've already discussed on this panel and somebody like this, who's, you know, seemingly taking kind of a different approach to the sales and presentation of what this solution can provide. Right. And David, to that point, if I, if I'm choosing this versus QuickBooks or some of the other ones, I've already, I first, thing I saw when I saw this this was open source software is, okay, well, that's a tool for my team to develop a solution. It's not a solution that I'm going to implement. 
So as a tool going in, I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to need a support structure around using that tool to actually make an ERP functional. And Sam, it looks really great. But I think walking in, whether you're that small company or the bigger company, you'd be naturally saying, okay, well, what else do we need? I'm obviously not buying a ready to go ERP solution. So one of the things that you may want to notice about Odoo that is not covered as part of this presentation is they have one of the largest partner channel as well. Now, you are going to think, wait a minute, okay, what is going on here? Because you are talking about really usable open source software, which is that the whole claim is free software. So what are these partners doing there? They are there, guys, because that is supposed to provide you the largest implementation dollars, okay? You are not going to have one-year implementation even in case of your NetSuite and Acumatica. That's why you have that. And that's the whole pitch that, you know, the sales is easy because you have the open source pitch and then partners are making money for one and a half years. Think about that, guys. Yeah. The biggest difference I found, I, I, I've come across Odoo not 40% of the time, like Sam was saying, but 20, 10%. But I'll tell you that they're, they're, their strategy is very interesting because they make it very easy for you to get a 30-day trial. Yep. And now that during that 30-day trial, I mean, we all have full-time jobs, right? So how much do you really focus on the software during that 30 days? Usually not very much. And besides, you don't know the product anyways. So after the 30 days are up, they say, do you want to buy now? And they make it reasonable to purchase too. Uh, probably these apps cost more, but, but the core system is not bad. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So after that 30 days, they give you the full court press to uh, get you to sign up because you think, oh, wow, this is simple. This is easy. And I can develop whatever it can do anyways. That's that's the perception. Right. And I find that, you know, your your three examples, one was an under 50 employee, one was 50 to 200 and one was over 200. Most companies that buy Odoo these days are in that under 50 employee size. And usually they're either coming from QuickBooks or nothing, maybe simply accounting or, you know, something very, very basic. So they really don't know even what they need. So here they sit, they get third day, 30 day trial. They might play over that 30 days. They might play with it two or three hours, but it looks good. So the boss comes to them and he says, so how'd you think it? How'd you play? You know, you played with it for a month now. What do you think? Andy, quick question on the trial, are they offering accounting or are they offering just the CRM? You know what? I, I don't know. And 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 according to what you just showed me, I'm not sure. I still don't know the answer because I've never asked, are you getting the accounting? They say it's the entire system, but whatever that means. So here's the tricky part, guys, in the trial. The reason why ERP companies don't offer the trial, because one of the things that is going to be hardest in case of an ERP is going to be the GL entries. Each system treats the GL entries yeah. and the accounting errors differently. So obviously, anybody can play with CRM. Easy peasy, guys. Yeah, and that's why, you know, the trial is very interesting. Go ahead, well, you think the accounting would be the easiest part to learn in any system, though? The functionality of it, Andy, but but in terms of what Sam is coming across, the setup behind that functionality, and, and that was going to be uh, my yeah. point, they're in the free trial period. There are no actual use cases being developed in there. And Sam, you made a comment in one of the other panels, but it really struck me for this in terms of the whole open source thought process. Part of the reason you choose a ERP system is because of the use cases, because that system has been developed over the course of time, multiple industries, multiple situations to develop the best solution. And then you tailor your processes and things like that throughout your organization to those best use cases versus developing on the fly based on what you think. And and to me, the most dangerous combination, and Andy, you touched on this, to me, the most dangerous combination is not knowing the questions to ask on top of, on top of though, the ability to customize, because now you are taking something that you have full control over, so to speak, right, as we've already illustrated, and tailoring that to to a situation that is probably not going to give you the best benefit for your business in all the while being sold that oh this is really what i need and it's not until you would have the ability to to compare those actual use cases and more than likely you're already so far down the road that you're now talking about a whole nother implementation 
throwing away tens of thousands of dollars. And in a small company that's doing, you know, let's say less than 10 million, you know, $50,000, a $100,000 toss huge. away that's Big huge money. dollars for these companies yeah. you know they can't afford mistakes like that well and i think that's that expectation piece it, it that the way they're selling this and the way it structures it looks free and easy and then as you get into it it gets less free and less easy and and i you know i i'm not saying it's being sold that way but it sure it sure puts someone who's not experience to ask the right questions to understand what an ERP process need, needs to be for their particular situation in a situation where they're already in too deep before they really know what the journey looks like. Well, I, know uh, I think it looks good. If I was comparing myself, you asked at the beginning, if I was looking at QuickBooks and I was looking at this, this would look like a really competitive, good choice for me. Yeah. But but I would be concerned about what that really looks like to go from what I get on my free trial to what I'm going to end up with a year later when I have a system. But if I don't know to ask the right questions or I haven't been through ERP implementations before, I think there's an opportunity to, to bait and switch on this type of a program. And those developers may make money, right? But you're going to end up at the end with those one-star reviews. That that's what'll be interesting to follow this along over the long term to see if some of those are starting to impact, you know, kind of the go to market with this because, you know, to your point, this is potentially kind of recipe for disaster from yep. from a yep. <laughs> you know from a company standpoint. Yep. So at some point, I'm sure that there's going to be a, a switch and a you know and an adjustment into it. But Phil, to your point, you would have the you know, knowledge to understand the questions that need to be asked. But, you know, back to what Andy kind of brought up in terms of somebody that is just on the outset looking at this and saying, wow, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of features, there's a lot of connectivity, there's a lot of availability for me to grow with this. You could really get yourself into a situation because I didn't count specifically, but, you know, looking at the sign up page, there's roughly 30 plus modules, if you will, applications that you can sign up for free trials. And you could just get into the weeds with pushing buttons in there. And again, you're not doing anything to really evaluate uh, during that period of time. I've talked to quite a few companies, well, not quite a few, but a few companies that, that own it and others that invest in, are investigating it or just recently purchased it. And it's interesting of the, of the, uh, of the perspective of each type of company, the ones that have had it for a while, almost all of them have outgrown it hmm. at one level or another because they thought they could, I know one company in, in Ontario that's had it for an engineering firm, engineering manufacturer, ETO manufacturer. So they bought it when they were small and it did the job and they had Python programmers. So they were able to develop, but by the, by the time they're five years later, it was a spider web yep. versus I know another company that bought it about a year ago and they were smaller, like about 40 employees, but they manufacture signs. Now, if you think about manufacturing sign, you think that's pretty simple, right? But it's not because it's not. they're custom. They're yep. dimensional, right? Every every bill of material is completely unique. Yep. And they have, I think that it's what you say. It's like the uh, bait and switch. It's, I, I'm sure it's an excellent product for smaller companies yep. that simple, have simple needs and don't have any com complex requirements. Right. That's where it's targeted. That's where it should be targeted. Yeah, well, you I may think the product oh, has sorry, a place sorry. and I think it's it's got some really cool features to it. I think it's one of those buyer beware products where you get somebody who's going to look at it and look at your business, an independent person and say, here's what your two year journey really looks like. And here's to Andy's point where you're either going to have your internal development be so complicated versus other solutions so cost of ownership and where it really scales for you, if you get a good independent to help you with that, yeah. this could be a really nice little package for you. It, it, there's, some, there's some things that are very cool about it. it the screens are beautiful. They're so yeah. simple, so easy yeah. to understand. Yeah, the, the last thing I would add to that, what Phil just said, is just, you know, that opportunity cost when you're looking at that in terms of, the one user comment that was, you know, the some of the service and support was very expensive. Well, so is you know a lot of the other things that we've already pointed out. So, you know, there's a comparison to be made there, uh, and what may be lying on the surface in terms of cost as you start to investigate and 
create that roadmap, you may find that some of the larger uh, offerings, if you will, become much more competitively priced. Right. And he said expensive, which meant he expected something different. Expensive yeah. could be a hundred thousand dollars. Expensive yeah. could be five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Give me one dollar. Expected to be a hundred. Yeah. And at seventy-five, it was cheap. He expected it to be nothing or almost nothing. Yeah. Good point, Phil. All right, guys. So I think I completely agree with you guys that the product is amazing. Obviously, it has a place. The right place is going to be between that startup to to SME. And if you are a manufacturing distribution organization, if you are using QuickBooks, maybe Odoo can do far more for you than, than just the QuickBooks. So if you are evaluating it against, let's say, Zoho, QuickBooks, Zero, Odoo, I think those are very compatible platforms. So definitely include that. It's an amazing, beautiful product, but don't run your $50 million organization on Odoo. That could be a mistake. On that note, I really want to thank you guys for your time. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Thanks Sam. everybody. Thanks, Sam. Take care. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests, and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Andy Pradigal, head over to essoft.com. It's essoft.com. If you want to learn more about Phil Karper, head over to ringlingbusinesssolutions.com. It's R-I-N-G-L-I-N-G-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to thechrysler.club. It's T-H-E-C-R-Y-S-L-E-R dot C-L-U-B. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Randy Johnston, from K2 Enterprises, who discusses why process documentation is essential to manage growth. Also, the interview with Andy Pradigal, who discusses why ERP demos are designed to deceive and why ERP salespeople are more incentivized to sell their products than the success of their customers. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments, about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.